0: Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. You know, it's fun meeting not only people who are fellow podcasters, but people who really truly have a marketing mindset. And our guest today, I met him at a dinner uh, when we were uh, both hanging out with our friend Cheryl Hickerson with Females in Finance. Uh, and we were talking about the importance of making sure that we, as men, man, male ally network people, uh, really, truly support everything that Cheryl and her team does. And then we just started talking about marketing, and Scott really has some interesting insights on what he's seen work for the advisors that he works with, uh, and we're going to dive into that more
1: deeply. So, Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. Side note, we love you, Cheryl. we'll make sure that we tag her in this. Yeah, Cheryl. Absolutely. That's a, that's a prerequisite
0: Today, today's show. We're, we're going to dive into one, uh, your podcast. Number two, what you're seeing is working with the advisors that you work with, like just like two or three major tips that you know are really killing it. And then I also want to talk to you a little bit about what you see on the horizon. So as a fellow podcaster, Scott, why in the heck did you start your podcast?
1: Something you and I both talked quite a bit about and have discussed, first of all, and I think this is something that should be indicative of anybody who does a podcast is the personal interest and passion for doing it, as opposed to just applying it to your business model and your marketing strategy, because you think that you're supposed to, and it becomes this chore. Um, to me, that's not a recipe for for success. And it also requires you to be very consistent and, and, and committed to it and very intentional about it. So with that said, the reason why we embarked in this podcast was I felt it was number one, I was very fired up about it. So it was a very seemingly a fun project for us to embark upon number one. Number two, it was also something where I felt as though it was a great medium And a great way for us to get content and information out to our community at large, the advisors and insurance professionals that we have the opportunity to work with. And it's an interesting thing, which you might be able to elaborate a little bit more upon in that as our business has scaled, where I once was the face and really interfacing with our advisors and relationships who I adore and I love and something that I'll as my role shifts in the organization to more of an enterprise level, I've just, you have less bandwidth, right? So it was, it was a great solution for us to have ongoing conversations and a way for me to, in some, I guess, distorted way, still interface with our advisors and the relationships that we love. It's not distorted. I love that. You said that Scott, that's
0: freaking brilliant, right? The idea here is it is scaled credibility, right? You're continuing to build relationships, but I think it's even more powerful than those one-on-one phone calls because you're making it very convenient for the advisors to still build a relationship with you. You and I have talked about this before, but you, know, you go to a conference and people will come up to you and be like, dude, I'm so excited to meet you in person. It's just, you know, I feel like I know you, Scott, and it's because they've been consuming your content for so long. And as you continue to move up what we call the influence continuum, and you start moving more towards that celebrity status, you are squarely in the authority space right now where people know who you are, they're consuming your content, they like, they trust, they know you. And then, you know, you're moving into this celebrity stage here. And I think you and I are, you know, vacillating between between both of those, but it's so convenient to do this. And it also allows you to have that scale.
1: Right. Exactly. And the last thing I'll add is the fact that I also felt as though, okay, if we can successfully deliver an identity, a brand as it relates to the podcast and, and do this consistently and and put together a meaningful audience and have just great content and great conversation, then it makes it that much more palatable for For you and I, our key customer, which is the financial advisor, to say, "You know what? This is something I should consider doing, and they know how to do it. I'm I can follow their recipe. And you know what? It's that much less of a hurdle to implement it myself now, let's
0: switch gears and jump right into the rest of it. So thank you for your your you know perspective on podcasting. I don't actually get as many podcasters on our podcast uh, who are actively doing it. And so I always appreciate, you know, that level of insight. But, but marketing is a, you you live, breathe, and eat this. I mean, this is part of your core as a human being. What's working right now? I mean, if you could give advice to our listeners and say, okay, in 2023 and years to come, here's what we know are working for the advisors that you work with right now.
1: Yeah. First and foremost, I would say not all marketing is a good fit for every advisor and their practice. One of the things that we all should be very honest and forthright about is what are my skill sets? What are my passions? What am I comfortable doing? And let me use a perfect example of seminar marketing. For many, many, many years, that was the leader in how I build a financial planning practice, right? I, I do 30 seminars a year and I speak to an audience of people. We meet with those people, we bring them on as clients. And although that that still absolutely works. I will be the first to say that in our process and the conversations that we have in respecting advisors as individuals and really trying to unpack who they are and what their really skill sets are is that we'll direct them in another direction as opposed to seminars. If I'm going to go into the seminar market as, as an example, well, I have to, first of all, be passionate and, and have the skill sets to command an audience and professionally present to a group of people because that's the ultimate goal of the seminar is I'm going to impress upon you that I am of knowledge and that I am of a magnitude that you're going to want to meet with me post this presentation, whatever the content is, right? And so it's a perfect example of just many people, not that they're good, bad, or indifferent. It's just not a good fit. And so, you know, as we progress away from that, we say, what are the other options? And and so we really, really do try to take an intentional look at the practice, at the advisor and who they are and what makes them tick, and really provide them a, a good fit, if you will. And not 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 every whole. Uh, you know, is the, you know, square peg, round hole kind of thing. So anyways, with that said, certainly the digital age, the digital marketplace is an incredible medium for advisors to plug into, whether that be LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you know, the like thereof, right? So, and you can certainly speak more to to the resources that exist today in that whole digital and, and, and social media realm. And that's just an incredible opportunity for advisors to engage with their community And you can be very specific, right? You can speak more to this, Matt, that just because I'm on social media doesn't mean that I'm casting this United States wide net. You can drill down to the type of of business that my clients are in and a geographic. And so there's wonderful opportunities in social media marketing and online marketing that can be very specific, very strategic in nature. Uh, And there's a whole world of opportunities that exist there to include podcasting.
0: I want to go back to this. I'm sorry, I I need to pause you there because I need to go back to the seminar thing, because what you said, I just really wish more people understood this. It's people need to realize that there are certain aspects of social media and of content creation that is a show. Right and I love how you communicate it. You have to be able to command a room. You, you know, you have to be passionate about the content. I, I have a friend of mine who's an advisor in Chicago. Uh him and his brother run a very large firm. And um, he hates doing the seminars. He hates it, but he's so good at it. And I'm like, how can you be so good at something and then hate it at the same time? And he's like, look, this is how we generate all of our business. This is a necessary evil. And I just think to myself, and Scott, after you just said that, if if he could just change his perspective on that a little bit, his performance level would go up so much higher because he he's actually loving it. He's not basically faking it now he's a hell of an actor and he does a great webinar d- does a great seminar but i i needed to bring that up and the other thing too is is this idea that you're on social media and it goes to the world with really good hashtag strategies you can really it's not geofencing specifically but you can really hyper focus how the internet pr- pr- um, promotes
1: your material to a very specific audience so c- i'm sorry continue the third area that I would suggest, and in, and in, in podcasting, I think certainly adds to this conversation of experience, right? Less and less should my practice exist and solely exist because I provide financial advice and can give you a stock, a bond, a mutual fund, an annuity, a life insurance product. To some extent, all of these all of these offerings are commodities. What really differentiates myself from other competing advisors, if you will is is the experience that I can deliver to my consumers and to my customers. And hopefully, I identify a group of customers that are of like mind, that I resonate with, that I connect with. I mean, that's that's euphoric, right? When my practice actually encompasses people who I can call my friends. And through that, we want to experience life together. So I would impose upon advisors to think more about how is it that you can help yourself your team and your clients experience life better i know you know this there's a lot there
0: with what you just said and i we have to take a few minutes to unpack that so part of being at producers choice network is their ability to work with people like you and people like you are going to ask the next level questions scott let's ask the next level questions. So an advisor just heard what you just said. And they're like, well, gosh, he just said that, you know, the main core of my business is a commodity, which if they don't know that by now, I don't know what hole they've been living in. But but it, and it's really truly about the relationship. What sort of questions do you ask advisors to help them suss out or tease out really what does make them unique and different?
1: Yeah, so some of these things are actually taken from your playbook that I got from the um, – th- that we've been using for some time, but to repeat what you've done, at as example, the the Riskalyze uh, breakout session that you conducted, where you're really honing in on who that advisor is. Okay, what, what do you enjoy doing with your time? What are your core values? Uh, side note, we often find that when an advisor says, I, you know, my culture and my core values are this – we then determine that that's, they're not directly aligned with how your practice is currently operating or the clients that you serve. Uh, so there's work to be done there if that's what's identified. But from there, uh, you, know, you say, okay, once we understand the advisor, who they are, what makes them tick, what their passions are, okay, how do we apply some of these passions and some of these interests to the, con- the clients that you serve at large? What kind of resources do you have? Are your clients in a specific geographic location? And so that certainly makes direct experiences, client experiences, a much easier process. Whereas some of advisors we find today have practices and our clients in multiple states and they, through acquisition or what have you. And that becomes significantly more of a challenging effort, but really, really trying to find, identify the core values, the cultures, and the passions and interests of that advisory firm, that enterprise at large? And does that resonate with the clients? And how do we kind of instill that uh, with specific events?
0: Keep going. It's specific events. Keep. I, I love where you're going there.
1: Okay. So let me give you some examples of things that we've done. I mean, the easier ones, which I try and quickly move off of is golf. It, look, some people absolutely love golf and your clients love, that's an easy, very, very easy one to do, right? I can take some of my better clients who enjoy golf and we have a golf outing, fine and good, tick that box. And that's all, that's all really good. Some of the things that we've done as an example that I I will tell you have so much uh, made a difference in accelerating the relationship that we have. And our, our business is not that much different than, than that of our advisors practices. I mean, what is our goal? Our goal is to get in front of and, quote-unquote win over build relationships with advisors and what's an advisor's goal an advisor goal is to win over and establish the relationships of clients so it's not much different with all that being said some of the events that we've done that have really just moved the needle is very intimate in nature so 10 to 12 advisors at a time and we would do a, like a driving experience an exotic driving experience where we would take a small group of our advisors out to a racetrack and uh, wonderful things happen when you insert two things. One, competition, and two, adrenaline. It'd be a perfect outside of the box example. We've done some things where we take some very specific clients and there's been some vetting uh, pre-hand that uh, like a shooting experience. Uh, so less intimidating. We have an example of an experience where it's all dry fire. So you get uh, basically an hour and a half instruction of how to uh, correctly possess a gun fire a gun um, shoot a gun you're under a dress situation but it's a virtual fire you're not shooting live ammo so it's a very very um, non-intimidating situation that exposed people to how to properly handle and, and uh, shoot a gun and that's just a very outside the box thing that we love, I mean, we're, that's a passion that we have. And so if we can connect that with some of the advisors and clients that we have and and have a wonderful environment and then coincided that certainly part of that process is to be very intentional about our best customers, our best advisors and encourage them to invite somebody, a friend and, or a, another, in this case, another advisor who would they think they that would benefit from, from being introduced to us and just having that non-specific Really, introduction, but it is make no mistake an introduction, not a referral. Big difference between the two. Referral is a name and phone number on a piece of paper. A personal introduction is this is somebody I really want you to meet, and here they are. Right? Yeah, that's that. That's a huge paradigm shift and a philosophical difference that that I
0: think we need to wrap our brain around. So, I want to talk about both of those events very, very quickly uh, because uh, again, uh, you are courting advisors, a very specific niche focused advisor that you guys want to work with and our advisors are doing the same thing with their clients. So, so let's take a look at both of those opportunities, right? You're going to invite them to something that's fundamentally different. And I'm going to put just a bow on it. And my bow is always the breaking of bread. So they go and they do the, they either, they, they shoot the guns, they learn about the guns or or they're doing the live drive event, right? So they're having a whole bunch of fun afterwards That's when the community aspect comes together, where you all sit down and eat and drink together. Now, I I can't stress how important this is, because they just had a shared, powerful experience. And if you can have it be emotionally charged, which is exactly what you're talking about, Scott, having emotional, uh, what we refer to in the world of therapies, anchors, right? Emotional anchors to that experience that they're going to then anchor to you. But then you sit and you reminisce about what you just did and had fun, that builds this community and then they think their clients already it's so much easier to make them convert
1: a hundred percent absolutely and that that is that it to your point that is the tying the bow on the package in the evening and and solidifying that you know and at the end of the day it, it really is about i think to a point less is more in other words finding the right relationships that are meaningful are lasting are built on trust and and if there's if there's mutual interest that can be shared then that's what any relationship is built on and why, why should your practice really look and feel any different you know i understand early on in your in your business that the one of the first stages in anybody's practice is survival right and in survival mode well the rules of the game are are different than when i reach a level of sustainability and and even less so the case of when I'm reaching my stage of tenure and legacy, because now it becomes this conversation of what do I want this to look and feel like when I am no longer involved, and who do I want this firm to look like? What what does I what should this firm look like, and who do I want the clients to be and my team to be? And th- those are very very deep and and meaningful conversations that I would challenge every advisor or enterprise to really take to heart when the time is right. But, but it does start in ground, ground zero. I mean, the sooner you get your core values in line, what your image, what you're trying to portray, the more, the less of an issue that becomes of, okay, you know, we've done a hell of a job of bringing on clients, 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 not really caring who they are. Just, just bring them on, bring hunt, kill, hunt, kill, hunt, kill. And you may end up with a practice that looks nothing like what you had attend- intended. So, you know, I mean, I think circling back to that is having, having a medium like a podcast or any virtual interface that could be kind of encapsulated in time allows you to really share your voice. And, and as you stated earlier, one of the biggest strengths of this is the fact that it's on demand. It's plug and play consumers, people at large can, listen at their convenience when is convenient for them not me picking up the phone and saying i need to talk to you right now you know that it, it, it's working less and less so you have invited your top
0: clients to go to a an exclusive event like scott was just talking about you also need to realize that they're going to google you. They're going to see the social proof that you've presented into the marketplace so that they will decide if they want to go. So so let's say it's the driving event. Uh, by the way, I I love that. I I don't I don't think enough people do that. I think it's such an um, unbelievable experience. You can do it in almost every major city in the United States. It's such a great idea. So the the driving event, right? So I get, so Scott, you invite me, you're, you're a client of this, this advisor over here. You invite me and say, Hey, you know what? My, my advisor is doing this event. You know, I think you really like this guy. You know, I, and we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to drive cars. First thing I'm going to do is Google. And if I Google you and all I see is salesy stuff and, uh, or or you don't exist socially at all. I can't. I can't hear your voice. I can't see your video. I am probably, well, I might still go because it's a free thing, but the probability of me taking that next step is much, much less. What is your experience with that?
1: Well, it it absolutely is the case. And, And I would say many advisors, they discount this significantly. A perfect example is website design. I mean, no, nobody, nobody states that. I, I mean, I, it's not my opinion that an advisor is required to have this incredibly robust website. Uh, however, it should depict who you are. It should tell your story. The images and the brand that it portrays should resonate with who you are. Look, feel like your personality should be a representation of your personality. And so, from there, then goes your. Your business's Facebook page, Instagram, uh, all you know, all the social media or any of the social media platforms that you want to be on, uh, all of those need to be consistent. And so that 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 is something that is critically important. And one of the things that we help our advisors with, we call wiz Boom Pow. I didn't come up with it. I'm I'm just using the phrase of helping advisors through a really, really thought-provoking branding and identity questionnaire of, and it starts with something as simple as, here. here's a whole list of of images, brands, logos, Nike, you know, Cartier, things like this. And we ask the advisor to kind of circle brands or images that that resonate with them, that they like the depiction, the feeling, the emotions that it invokes. And from there, that helps us to start to kind of build a framework around what that advisor's uh, perspectives are, what their brand should look like and, and, and offer that as, as a journey, if you will, for advisors to really establish their, their true brand, their identity, what it is that they want their company tagline to be. And then from there, all of that needs to be carried throughout everything that you do on every letterhead, on your business card, on your website, on your podcast, on your social media pages, everything. And that that is so, so important. So as we wrap up the show, what do you see is going to be the
0: game-changing marketing idea for this year and years to come?
1: So that's a very interesting question. And I think we could take that in in a number of in other words that's a very very open ended deep question that we could probably go in many different directions i mean you think about technology at large and the direction that it's heading and how advanced it is i mean we do not have time to unpack this whole chat gpt conversation but but as technology becomes more available and more mainstream it's very very hard for me to grasp and get my head around what the ultimate future marketing strategy looks like, but it definitely is surrounding technology. It's definitely surrounding, we touch on a little bit, maybe you can expand a little bit more of integration. Uh, You know, how do I integrate solutions in my practice, both from a marketing perspective, but then also integrate solutions for clients? Well, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we see in the both financial services and insurance services, space is just the integration of all this technology. How how do I streamline any and all of this? It's not an easy task at this point. And the conference that we go to, if remember the panel that they talked about that? And one of the greatest challenges that our industry is currently facing is the integration of all of these solutions that exist out in the marketplace. And it becomes this very, very confusing environment, not just for consumers, but advisors. And so how do you How do you simplify this into the future? And I, and oh man, brother, I,
0: uh, you know, I think, I think that's, you know, integration is the key and what is going to tip the scales in your favor, whether that's technology integration, client service integration, marketing integration. I think that's where we really need to start focusing, uh, you know, for, for in this year and in many, many years to come, we, we call that synergy uh, in our seven rocket boosters of influence. And most people who take our influence readiness to score, score terribly there uh, because they don't have any sort of synergy. They don't really have true marketing
1: integration, uh, but that is actually a much deeper conversation for a different show. I, on, on the conversation of integration, it just dawned on me. And now I can do the shameless plug here, which I'm which I, I'm only going to do this one time, but you talk about integration and, and let's just use advisors at large or wealth managers, right? And I, we have this conversation on a regular basis. What, What is our role as a firm? What's our ultimate goal? Our firm is our ultimate goal is to enhance the lives of those that we serve, the advisors, and ultimately their customers through intelligent insurance planning, insurance solutions that help risk management, right? All too often, advisors say they're comprehensive, say they're holistic, but yet there's this you know, hurdle. We bang our head up against the wall of, of the proper integration of annuities, insurance, life insurance, long-term care planning. And it is a critical, critical part of the holistic financial planning process, certainly as I'm dealing with, well, many, many different livelihoods, business owners, uh, successful entrepreneurs, retirees, and the like thereof. So that's, we'll move on from that.
0: No, and I love that in, in, Man, I, I know that you've listened to this show before, but I am an absolute huge advocate to say that if you are truly going to be a fiduciary, you have to have risk management products in your practice. And by the way, your clients want them. You might not want to sell them because of the whole salesy thing, but but I have fought that since this fiduciary debacle in my opinion has come out in the language that's being surrounded. So Scott, I absolutely agree with you. Okay. So the last question is what should I have asked you that I didn't?
1: You know, I what what I will say to this, and and um I'll use you as a plug, is you seem so in control of time, Matt. Like it, you 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 seem it just like a water water off the ducks back with time management. But it's not so easy for many people. And specifically uh, type a hard charging, you know, financial advisors, entrepreneurs. And so this area of time management and, and, uh, having instead of me feeling as though time is completely control of me and I'm suffocating in time to really take the time, (sighs) take the time to take control of your day, week, year, you know, lot, uh, month. And, as my business is successfully scaling, what we find is that, in many cases, um, the allocation of the team members, which let's be honest, right? as I'm scaling, I, I, I end up I end up neglecting the practice in and of itself. And specifically, the most critical component to my business, one a, one b, if you will, is, is not just the customers at large, but the team that is helping the enterprise get to where it ultimately wants to go. And so I think with that and, and, and just being really, really thoughtful and intentional with time management and, and, and working with yourself and your, I think everybody, family, clients, and your team members uh, to take control of time is something we should all aspire for. It's not an easy task.
0: All right, Scott, here's what I want everybody to know. First off, they need to go to the Producer's Choice Network website. And also, if you have not subscribed to the Optimized Advisor podcast, please, please do. It's a great, great show. So much wonderful stuff. Again, Optimized Advisor. Do you want to be an Optimized Advisor? If you do, then you need to make sure that you subscribe. We will make sure that we have show notes in there. But Scott, how else can people reach out if they want to know more about you and what you guys do at Producer's Choice?
1: uh you did a heck of a job i appreciate that um of course the optimize advisor podcast.com website we certainly have producerschoicenetwork.com as a website as well uh, there's some great information there if you'd like to reach out to me directly you can certainly uh, reach me via email scott at pcninsurance.com or certainly give us a call 888-838-0448 i appreciate you
0: yeah. And dude, thank you very much. I thoughtful conversation guys. The, the show is wonderful. Uh, you know, they're, they're, in my opinion, there just can't be more shows like that. And I'm going to touch on the last thing that Scott said, as we wrap uh, today up, which is time. One of the biggest objections that we get from people who want to create great content is they don't know where they're going to find the time. And when I was a coach and consultant, one of the first things that I would do is a time analysis with each of my clients. So they're advisors, just like all of you who are listening. Within 30 days, I was able to find 12 to 18 hours of time that you spent doing things you should not be doing. And once you free yourself up with that amount of extra time, Everything can change within your practice. Whatever your major focus needs to be, creating content, providing better services, providing better products, you know, researching, whatever you need to do to sharpen your saw to truly make you the best advisor you can be, it is all about time and very few of you have as much control over it as you want. And it sounds to me like Scott's also got some tips, tricks, and techniques. So please make sure that you reach out to him. And if you want to know a little bit more about how you can start your own influence journey, all you have to do is join the pod rocket Academy for free. We would love to see you. So for Scott and everybody at producer's choice and all of us here at Crowdmouth, this is Matt Hallern. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter
1: expert you were meant to be.